Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We are a proud member of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel, uh, of course, along with seven other great podcasts on this family of podcasts. We appreciate you taking some time to stop by here and chat with us and and listen to our thoughts on the playoff-bound Buffalo Bills. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by my colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. And Jamie, for the first time uh, since we've been together uh, doing the podcast, which of course has only been for this calendar football year, but for the first time, the Buffalo Bills are a playoff team. And it's really exciting that we can sit here and uh, say that our Bills made the playoffs a 10-4 and record. And of course, the Bills punched their ticket to the postseason with a 17-10 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers before a national audience on Sunday Night Football. Jamie, it, it feels good for Buffalo to get all this drama out of the way because there were I mean, people were losing their minds over a three-way tiebreaker if Pittsburgh and Tennessee both won out and caught Buffalo at nine and seven or ten and six. And now all those issues can be put to bed and we can focus on the fact that the Bills are going back to the playoffs. To quote the musical stylings of Tony Tony Tony, hip-hop band from the late 80s, and also a band that was mentioned in the amazing TV show Rick and Morty, it feels good. And I'm so glad to be living through this right now because, you know, it's it's been one other time in the last almost 20 years. And I have to be honest with you, John, I haven't been enjoying watching games this year. After the Bills established that they were a pretty good team, I, um, I started... I started getting really nervous during games and I started putting body English into every play. And my friends who I watch games with tell me that there's this look of consternation on my face with every single snap. That's not fun. In years past, I've just been sitting there saying to myself, well, I know the Bills are going to lose. I know this team, you know, they they suck. I don't care what happens. They're not going to make the playoffs no matter what. But as soon as it looked like they were on that right track, all of a sudden this level of anxiety took over and I haven't been able to shake it. Now they're in. Now I'm having fun. I may not have fun in the first round of the playoffs or necessarily the second round or the championship game or the Super Bowl, all of which they are obviously going to be playing in. But in the meantime, I'm going to have fun for the next two weeks. How about you? 
I like this uh, this wound up Jamie D'Amico getting all excited about the Bills, you know, being back in the playoffs. Listen, I am just right there with you as excited. I'm stoked. I, I can't I'm, I'm pumped up. I mean, we basically before the season started said the Bills were going to make the playoffs, although we, of course, at least I know I remember saying in that preview pod that we thought they were going to have to beat the Jets in the regular season finale to get to that 10 win mark and uh, punch their berth uh, in the playoffs. But of course it's great when it comes a little bit early. Uh, The bills are still theoretically in the running for the AFC East division title. They of course have to beat the Patriots in week 16 and beat those jets in week 17 and hope that Ryan Fitzpatrick can deliver some Fitz magic and knock off the Patriots in week 17. Under that scenario, the bills would win the AFC East championship, but that's a ways down the road for us to negotiate our way through all of the scenarios that Buffalo needs to have happen to clinch the division for the meantime, let's revel in the fact that the Bills have made the playoffs. I am beyond excited. I feel like Lorenzo Alexander put my uh, really spoke for me and a lot of Bills fans when he was talking about this team. And, you know, Lorenzo's been around the league for a long time. He's played for some doormats like the Redskins and the Raiders. And he's now finally been a part of the Bills for two of their three playoff appearances, given the fact that. It had been a 17-year playoff drought. Lorenzo Alexander is a great veteran to speak about what has changed in this locker room. And he gives all the credit to Sean McDermott and the culture. And I think that's what makes this Bills team so much fun to root for. They're good character guys. They're guys who really seem to embrace Western New York. And Jamie, how cool was that? I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it. But there was video from the Buffalo airport at about two in the morning on Sunday night, Monday morning. My God, give it up to those fans in Bill's Mafia for just packing the airport in snowy, frigid conditions. And then along the road, the route, uh, the roads leading out of the airport, the fans were packing that place to really give the Bills a warm welcome for making the playoffs. This is so much fun right now. It's so much fun, and it just goes to show you how many Buffalonians need jobs. But seriously, nothing quite warms my heart like seeing them show up and supporting the team like that. It's it's so much fun, and I know that happened two years ago when when Buffalo made the playoffs on the last game of the season, and, and people lost their minds because that was so that that was it was so unexpected and so many moving parts needed to fall into place in order for that to happen this felt a little bit different this kind of felt inevitable over the past at least month maybe even maybe even 6 weeks or so this this felt inevitable and that's kind of what you want it to be you don't want it to be exciting you want them to have it locked up but i'm so glad that bills fans are are, are this excited about this happening again. And I, I frankly, I hope that we, we have this happen frequently enough that we're used to seeing them in the playoffs, but we never actually get used to the positive feelings associated with it. And, you know, those positive feelings, they were, yeah, they, they were not necessarily in abundance in the game on Sunday because the bills did what they do and they won ugly. You know, there were some really great plays on defense, but the offense couldn't seem to get out of its own way, whether it be whether it be drops or fumbles or missed blocks. But, you know, they, they came through. And oh, by the way, I was right. 
I had the Bills scoring 17 points, although me, the idiot that I am, I had them scoring 17 points in a loss in my prediction. (laughs) Yes, you did have them losing. I believe it was uh, not your finest moment for your prognostication career while uh, not to humble brag, but I said I said it was going to be I believe I'd said 20 to nine was going to be the final score. So uh, not off by that much in the 17 to 10 final score prediction, but Mm -hmm. You know, Jamie, this this game epitomized everything about this Bills team. Nothing came easy. Uh, the defense carried the day yet again. And how about the fact that Devlin Duck Hodges is uh, this, the disdain was justified because he was atrocious on Sunday night. And I love seeing the fact that Buffalo just kept coming after this rookie with a reckless abandon. And, uh, you know, the, the pressure, uh, everyone got in on the act, you know, Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, everybody had a good game. As far as I was concerned with the, the front four, really getting some pressure on Duck Hodges. And when they did get after Duck, Trey White was there to prove before a national audience that he, of the famous Tredavious White Goaltending Academy, was able to come up with the two biggest interceptions of his career. Uh, the the Goaltending Academy cracked me up. That guy's funny. I mean, let's face the facts here. Objectively speaking, this guy's a riot and also a great corner. Um, Duck, I didn't realize how much air he puts under all of his throws until watching a full game. I mean, that that guy basically throws like an ephus down the field, and it's surprising that more of his passes don't get picked off. But I got to tell you, uh, James Washington, the Bills had a hard time covering, and I was worried that he was going to break one toward the end of the game. Thank God that didn't happen. Thank God the Bills were taking advantage of those throws that kind of floated in the air and we're squeezing squeezing those passes turning them into interceptions as opposed to drops that that secondary looked really good the pass rush looked good the run defense was out of its mind i mean my god is this the same team that gave up over 200 yards to the eagles earlier in the season they absolutely controlled the line of scrimmage and <laughs> that pittsburgh offensive line is strong. They're very solid. Um, they've got, in, in fact, the right side of their line is probably my favorite in the league with DeCastro and Friars. I, I was really impressed with what they were able to do. And I think the defense understands that they need to control the game in order to give them a chance to win. And that's exactly what they did. And they took pride in it too. That and turning the song Renegade by Sticks into their own anthem. And that was freaking great. Oh, the sideline was going nuts when the Steelers tried pumping that into Heinz Field and the Bills were just getting so stoked and so pumped up on the sidelines. And you know, Jamie, you're right. In this modern day NFL where points are being scored aplenty, what Buffalo has been able to do with their defense has been just unbelievably impressive. When you look at what the Bills can do, they held this Steelers offense to 229 yards for the entire game. There were five turnovers. They were only five of 14 on third and fourth downs combined, four sacks, seven tackles for a loss, and seven quarterback hurries. None bigger, in my opinion, than the fourth quarter drive, where, of course, nothing nothing came easy for these Bills again in week 15. But Josh Allen showing his moxie as a fourth quarter quarterback drives the bills downfield a crucial third and nine play a great out route ran by tyler croft who came in with his first touchdown catch 
of his career for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, first with Buffalo, he'd had several before with Cincinnati, but he finally found the end zone on a beautiful ball from Josh Allen, third and nine. Bills take a 17-10 lead. And I think it was comical to watch the way that Jordan Phillips dispatched of the Steelers' offensive line on the ensuing drive. There was basically a second and 15 situation where Phillips just threw his man aside like he wasn't even there and was in the backfield before Hodges could know it. That led to a great stop for Buffalo. And uh, and the game basically was sealed on another great effort by the pass rush on a fourth and seven. Buffalo gets after Hodges. There was pass rushing off the edge and Jordan Poyer there to pick off the interception, the third pick of Hodges for the night. And the Bills come away with this 17 to 10 victory. Now, we can nitpick and we can go into things that we're worried about. I did not like Devin Singletary's ball security. He had two fumbles. Josh Allen had a fumble that could have been incredibly costly, but luckily they ruled that he had been down by contact. And the Cavalier attitude of which the team kind of has treated the ball when they're running with it is is cause for concern. I think Singletary will tighten his up. Josh Allen has been prone to these fumbles all year long, but I don't know. I, I, I'm in too much of a good mood, Jamie, to be negative Nelly here trying to go down the rabbit hole of things that the Bills need to improve. Right now, it's just so nice to know that there's that X next to Buffalo with a 10-4 and four record. If you were to be negative, it would be understandable because these are things that they have to improve upon or this playoff run is going to be awfully short. You can't be dropping the ball. Cole Beasley, what is going on with this guy? Uh, He had two severe drops. Severe, probably not the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway. One of them turned into an interception. Okay, that throw was a little high, but it went through both of his hands in, in order to get tipped and intercepted. He's got to stop doing that. The fumbles, you're right. They, they, We've been saying this for weeks. They've got to tighten it up. There's so many self-inflicted wounds by this team that it is frustrating to watch. You know, you, you have to be thankful that they were playing against a replacement level quarterback this past weekend because a star quarterback? Oh, I... I'm not sure the Bills can get it done against a a QB who's going to see the open men and and zip it into tight windows if they're playing this the way they were on offense. They needed to sustain those drives longer, take some of the some of the pressure off the defense. Now, again, I'm with you. I'm thrilled. I understand why there's frustration and negativity because we all want to see them do better. But you're right. Let's enjoy it for now. Yeah, no, there, there is definitely a time and we'll have a chance to get into here on Believe uh, what the Bills need to do to get a win in Foxborough, which has been a house of horrors and nightmares for the Bills when they have a Saturday afternoon primetime showdown in week 16. But it's really time to party like it's 1999, uh, quoting songs out there from the legendary Prince, R.I.P. Prince. Uh, for for what Buffalo did, because Buffalo got to 10 wins on the season. It's the first time the Bills have recorded 10 wins in a season since that 1999 campaign. And so Buffalo getting over the hump, clinching this playoff berth is huge. Of course, we know the cast of characters that led the way. Big shout out to John Brown eclipsing 1,000 yards in a season for the second time in his career. 
the Bills secured a playoff berth for the earliest time since I believe it was the 1991 season uh, when Buffalo earned it in week 14. Uh, This time the Bills got it in week 15. It's just great to have that playoff ticket punched. The Bills are going to the playoffs. It's so exciting. And, you know, Jamie, I want to say I thought it was great for the national crowd to once again get a glimpse of Josh Allen and what he is able to do because there's a lot of Josh Allen haters out there. And if you don't like Josh Allen, you can point to the interception, although that was his first and I believe seven games or so that he had thrown uh, recently. He'd really been good at taking care of the ball and not having those timely interceptions. But when the Bills don't play on Sunday night football, that to me deprives the national audience of getting a chance to see what this team is all about. So people came in with the tired narratives of Josh Allen isn't good enough to win a football game. This Bills team doesn't have the moxie to go on the road and win and earn a big victory. Well, the Bills and Sean McDermott disproved all of that, in my opinion. Again, a fourth quarter comeback by Josh Allen. I believe that's his eighth uh, fourth quarter comeback of his pro football career. He is the best quarterback statistically in the fourth quarter this year. And to me, he might not have the most overall eye-popping numbers, but there's something about that clutch gene of when your team needs a play, you go downfield and you make it. And whether it was the deep 40-yard completion to John Brown or whether it was the third and nine out pass to Tyler Croft, whatever play you want to highlight, I just want to give this team all the credit because Josh Allen – and has this team believing in their abilities. Sean McDermott deserves serious pub for coach of the year. I get John Harbaugh in Baltimore. The, the Ravens have won 10 straight. They are on fire. But the Ravens were a good team last year. It's only getting better. I don't think many people expected the Bills to win 10 of their first 14 games this year and have a playoff berth clinch this early. And that, to me, is why Sean McDermott should be the coach of the year. I agree with you on that, and I I also agree that nobody really saw this coming after the year that the Bills had last year. And, you know, let's talk about the other individual accolades that are going around because people are beginning to take notice of the individual efforts that is put forth by this team, although not as recognizable as they should be at this point. And that leads us into our next topic. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, Jamie, I got to tell you, you are like butter with that segue tonight. Thank you for picking up where I left off. I mentioned during our off-air segment, I would give a little tease to this. But as we are recording the pod, the Pro Bowl honors, for what that's worth to you, the Pro Bowl to me, when I was a kid, I loved watching the Bills helmets out there because they always had the same jersey tops. But I love seeing the Bills helmets up there against the rest of their AFC teammates going up against the NFC. That was really cool. But the Pro Bowl is nothing more than a glorified you know, award show. Half the players you know, don't show up or beg out due to injury. But it is impressive if you get a lot of players to make the Pro Bowl roster. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, who we talked about at being 12-2, and had a league-high 12 selections named to the Pro Bowl. The Buffalo Bills, who are 10-4 and and have that playoff berth secured, have as many Pro Bowlers as the one-win Cincinnati Bengals, the five-win Denver Broncos, the dysfunctional Jacksonville Jaguars, the four-win Detroit Lions, and the New York Jets. 
Those teams all had one representative. So did the Bills. To me, Jamie, it's criminal. Tredavious White is the only member of this team that has landed at a spot on the roster. Now, granted, there's nine different Bills who are named as Pro Bowl alternates, but to actually not have more than one player named to this Pro Bowl team, to me, it's just absurd. It absolutely is, and you would think that a team that's playing this well, especially on defense, being rated third in the league, would have some more players representing the team. You would think that uh, Tremaine Edmonds would be in there. Probably one of the safeties would would have made it as well. Um, But, you know, they're not stat monsters. They play tremendous team defense, and frankly – I don't mind it when Buffalo Bills don't make the Pro Bowl because that leads to two things. Number one, it costs the team more when it comes time to negotiate new contracts. And number two, this happened back in the early 90s when Jim Kelly uh, injured his elbow, specifically his bursar sack, it opens them up to potential injuries. Now, there's very, very few injuries that happen in the Pro Bowl because, I mean, it's more like a, a practice walkthrough than an actual game. But, huh, you know what? I I don't feel bad about it. Yet, at the same time, if you are taking a an objective eye on this, you would look at it and say, how in the world is John Brown not in there? How How is he not one of at least the top seven wide receivers in the AFC. Statistically, he is. He's having a great season. In fact, for the longest time, he's cooled down over the past few weeks, but for the longest time, he was leading the conference in receiving. I don't know, man. Well, first of all, Jamie, are we allowed to say Bursar sack on a podcast? I mean, that could be. <laughs> you said sack. <laughs> but but in all in all seriousness, I, 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 I listen like John Brown should be a pro bowler for what it's worth. How is Jordan Phillips not one of the uh, more than a fourth alternate? The starter, Geno Atkins, made it on name recognition with four and a half sacks. But Jordan Phillips has nine and a half sacks. The only one who has more is Aaron Donald, who is heralded as the best defensive player along with Khalil Mack. So how does Jordan Phillips not get more recognition? John Brown has better numbers on fewer targets than Jarvis Landry, who was named as a starter. And of course, the secondary, it's criminal to see the way Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde got no respect. Poyer was a fifth alternate and Hyde wasn't even listed on this team out here for the record, the bills had two first alternates in linebacker Tremaine Edmonds and kickoff return specialist slash wide receiver, Andre Roberts center. Mitch Morse was a second alternate quarterback, Josh Allen, a third alternate wide receiver, John Brown, Defensive end Jerry Hughes, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips, and running back Frank Gore were fourth alternates, and Poyer, a safety, was a fifth alternate. I'm sure the team is going to use this as bulletin board material. I'm sure they're all happy for Trey White getting a nomination and and earning the Pro Bowl roster. Buffalo's first Pro Bowler since 2017 when the team had three during the nine and seven season that snapped the playoff drought. But to me, it is it is a little bit absurd that Buffalo doesn't get enough attention. But you know what? Ten and four is all that matters at this point. The Bills are going to the playoffs. The Bills will have more than one player going to represent the team in the Pro Bowl. I'm sure of it with injuries and as things shake out down the road. And Jamie, the Bills have a chance again. Let me harp on this. This is the first time since 2008 that the AFC East has not been locked up by the Patriots going into week 16. So to quote 
the immortal movie Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> well played, my friend. And you know what? If they can beat the Patriots this Sunday, and we'll talk about that later in the week, but I will be walking on sunshine, Katrina and the waves. <laughs> I love our little pop culture references here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We, of course, will, like Jamie mentioned, be back later on this week getting you ready for the Saturday showdown in Foxborough between the 11 and three New England Patriots and the 10 and four Buffalo Bills. But in the meantime, we hope you've enjoyed our optimistic look here at week 15 as the Bills clinch that playoff berth. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino, encouraging all of you to follow us on social media at Buff Rumblings is the account for Buffalo Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Boccasino signing off on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.